BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Straight up with Stassi. Hi, everyone. I'm Stassi Schroeder. She's the star of Bravo's Vanderpump Rules. I'm here to talk about pop culture, reality TV, celeb gossip, relationships. Stassi's new podcast is a hilarious look at the world and everyone in it. I want to give my opinion on everything. And she's never one to hold back on any topic. Because that's what I do best. Judge. (laughs) This is Straight Up with Stassi. Hey, everyone. This is Stassi. I'm uh, sitting here straight up with Stassi. This is my most special guest I've ever had. Legitimately my most special guest. Because I'm here with my grandmother. Grandma, say hi. 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 Look, and like we have the microphone positioned so that it's like perfectly by her mouth so that it, it, it's, okay. it's okay. Yeah. Because most of my guests, they don't know how to speak up. Like all of them, they just don't know how to talk into the microphone. And I'm like, for the love of God, God just you just need talk. to speak up. Just talk loudly. <laughs> but I'm laughing right now because I'm sitting here with my grandmother who finally is back in town in L.A. And with my uncle who's here. And he just said, well, Stasi, I thought you don't do I thought you don't do your podcast sober. And I'm like, I don't. But all we have is warm whiskey and warm wine in here. And I'm not going to drink anything warm. I'm not a warm like alcohol person. And so he said, well, we got beer. So I'm like, well, I mean, I'm supposed to not be having a lot of calories. And he said, it's light. So I guess it's okay. Right. (laughs) Yes, it is. Grandma, do you want do you want do you want a beer? Do you want me to give you no. one? No, no beer for me. I'm going to teach you how to point this down. Oh, so, okay. So that it's right at your mouth. All right. All right. Are you sure you can't share a beer with me? No, I'm sorry. I don't drink beer. God, can I just tell everyone? Like, okay. Everyone knows the Schroeder family, my family, we like a good cocktail. Uh-huh. But my grandmother, the matriarch doesn't drink and she never has why please explain why you don't drink because in the early days when my two younger sons were young and i put them to bed because we on saturday nights we did we went out and we drank and i might have had one or two drinks like what would you drink I was drinking whiskey sours. You drink whiskey <laughs> sours. You badass. Yes. Whoa. Okay. So then next morning they would wake up like six o'clock in the morning and I would have the worst hangovers. So I decided I was not going to drink anymore. So that's my younger son is what? 50. 
And your so, youngest son is 50. Yeah. Right. So I have not drank in all that time. And my kids, all of them still, every time we go out, they say, oh, mom, have a drink, have a drink. I said, no, I've stayed pure all this time, and I'm going to continue until I die. Grandma, listen, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. The reason why you were so hungover is because you were drinking whiskey sours. And everyone (laughs) my age now knows that. You can't have the sugar. Okay. You're probably right. <laughs> Honestly, like it, like if you would have known that sixty, however many seventy yeah. years ago, you probably would have been drinking like the rest of us. It's just you thought that it was just alcohol in general. I'm telling you, it's the sour part. Okay, you can't mix the sour part. Right, it's you like see, the worst. That's what you, when you don't know something, that's what happens. Yeah. Nowadays, everybody knows everything. Well, I know everything. Right. I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah. Grandma, obviously, I don't know everything. <laughs> well, you know a lot more than we knew. Well, that's true. Yes. Don't you think it's weird that you have never drank and you've raised six children that drink a lot and a million grandchildren that drink even more? I'm pretty sure your great-grandchildren now drink more than I do. <laughs> Those eight-year-olds, I'm pretty sure they're boozing in like the parking lots right now. <laughs> I hope not. Well, but don't you think that's weird? Like that who, is weird. who taught this family? Because you never drank anything. No. And grandpa didn't like grandpa drank, but he was never like over the top. Never. Never. He had a couple of drinks and that was it. And only when one went out. Do you think that's because we live in New Orleans and New Orleans is all about drinking? That could very well be. Haven't you had to, like time to think about this? Like what's what? wrong with my family? Exactly. But I think it's it's the environment, because all of the young people drank. They all had cards where they could get in when they weren't supposed to get in. Yeah, and duh, they could <laughs> they could buy a drink. They could buy a drink. Yeah, but back in the day, the thirties, forties, like all of that, like it, it, it. I watched Mad Men a little bit. I mean, it was cool to just literally drink martinis during the day at work. You would just drink all day long. I mean, hasn't it been, isn't, hasn't that been like a standard for like ever? Oh my goodness. I don't know because I don't. (laughs) That's true, I I guess. Right. And none of your friends, like when you were my age, they weren't big drinkers either. No. Well, they drank more than I did. And whenever we went out, everybody else drank. I didn't. I was the sober one. Designated driver, DD. Right. Yeah. And it was like, as people were drinking, they would get louder and louder and say things over and over. Mm -hmm. They didn't know that I was listening to all of this and thinking, my God, I'm glad this is not me. Yeah. Standard. (laughs) You know what? That's how I feel when I get to a bar late. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're the last one to get to the bar and like all your friends are there and they're already drunk and you're like, gosh, this is so not fun because everyone's drunk and I'm not. That must have been your whole entire life. (laughs) Yes, that's true. And all through life, somebody was always saying to me, why don't you drink? Yeah, I ask you that every time I see you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So when you know when you get away from it, you don't even want it. No, 
I don't feel that way. It would happen to you as well as it happened to me. Really? Sure. No, I think you just threw up too many whiskey sours and you're like, mm, <laughs> nope, <laughs> that's it. I realized, oh, you just don't drink whiskey sours because that's not normal. That's like at that time that's it like, was normal. But it's I mean, I still know some people who order whiskey sours, oh. but it's just you're asking to feel sick. You're yeah, asking yeah. Basically, like if you order a whiskey sour, expect to have an IV in your arm the next day because there's no other choice, you know? Right. Okay. That's pretty much how whiskey sours go nowadays. Yeah. Thank goodness I'm not drinking them. (laughs) But you know what's so weird is that even though that you were sober, like you still had the most fun life. Oh, I did. When I listened to your stories and you and grandpa traveled everywhere to New York, to L.A., my family, my mom and I have talked about this on my podcast before that that my grandparents always had houses in Los Angeles for the summers. And so they would spend their summers in Los Angeles and the rest of the year in New Orleans and they would travel everywhere and all over Europe and go to New York and go shopping at the all the plays and and you saw Marilyn Monroe all, walking all, one time right. oh and all the nightclubs yeah you know and of course it's unfortunately it's a thing of the past we just don't have that anymore there's there's not that glamour anymore no there is not that glamour we used to go to New York long dresses Furs, jewelry, dressed up like crazy, going to theaters. Oh, it was a fantastic life. And I feel sorry for the young people today. They don't have that. Yeah, you should feel sorry for me. Yes. Because I don't get to wear long dresses and mm. and jewels and all of that stuff. I mean, listen, I do my best to dress up as much as I can. I know you do. Given the circumstances. Right. But I wish that I could have experienced what you did. Yes, it was really fun. You were the whole reason that I love fashion. Well, that's good. Well, not a lot of people know this, that I spent my first few years growing up until I was like three or something Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles, living with my grandparents and my mom and dad. And Mm -hmm. so I got used to, I I think that's why I love fashion, because I saw all of your clothes and your Chanel bags and your costume jewelry and just all the gold and everything was so glamorous. And that's why I just love it. Yes. That's why I have a style blog. Right. (laughs) Good for you. It's all, it's all because of you. Grandma, if you wouldn't have had style, what would have happened to me? I feel like you would have found it somewhere else. Really? Yes, absolutely. You think so? Because that was kind of, kind of in you. Mm-hmm. You know, you have certain things. But of course, being exposed to it, I guess that helps. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you used to sew me dresses all the time. Oh, yes. And I refused to wear pants or shorts. That's I was right. a little girl who only wore dresses and I wanted Every to... Every ch- single day yes. you had a dress. And I would change them throughout the day because yes. I wanted outfit changes. Yes. That's why I feel like, you know what, like at some point I need to host something to where like I can have like eight outfit changes in one night. You know (laughs) what I mean? That would be fun. Oh, yes. Yeah, that would be fun. Well, just hope that nobody drops a drink on you because I had a friend and she loved to get dressed up as well. And for some reason, 
every almost every time we went out, somebody dropped a drink on her. Nobody else in the crowd, just her. She would get up and say to her husband, "We have to go home because I have to change my dress." So she would go home. It was a lie. I was about to say maybe she had some New Orleans voodoo all over her, <laughs> but no, she just wanted to be able to wear a new, new dress. dress. Is that what you're about to say? About yeah, probably. You think so? So yeah. So that was funny, you know. But kudos to we, her husband for being like, okay, oh, fine, let's right. go back Got home back and put on a new dress. dress. Right. I mean, way to be a supportive husband. He was great. Yes, he really was. So we have lived through a lot of things, and. A lot of good and a lot of not too much bad. We have been very fortunate, but um, we have tried so hard to make sure that everybody had everybody had good educations. Yeah, you guys are all about educations, right? I know. So all of them have multiple degrees. So I don't want to. I'm tooting my own self. I'm. You're sorry. allowed to toot your own horn, Grandma. <laughs> well, what are you? How old are you now? Ninety. What is it? One. 91. I have a 91-year-old grandmother that is with it enough, pretty enough, fashionable enough, to lo- uh, funny enough to do a podcast. Yes. You might be one of the oldest people to ever do a podcast. Oh, how about that? Well, don't you think that's kind of cool? I mean, I don't cool. know any 91-year-old <laughs> that's been on a podcast. It's kind of... I might be in like... What is that world record thing called? You know, when oh. you when you set world records, Guinness World Records. That's right. Grandma, you and I might be in the Guinness world, world Records right now of the oldest person to ever do a podcast. <laughs> How do you feel about that? I'm quite excited about it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to look into it. Okay. I got to sure. find some publicists to like make sure this, this happens <laughs> because I, I didn't even think about it before I asked you to do it. And now that I'm thinking about it, it's actually quite interesting because it might be true. It might be. Yes. Who knows? Okay. That everybody's breaking a lot of records nowadays. Yeah, but we might be breaking the main one. Right. Okay, I have a question for you, Grandma, because you know that I'm like semi-homeless right now. Yes. Because it's like every time I get an apartment and I get approved and like I get it, there's something that goes wrong that they're like, oh, I didn't know you had a dog or like, oh, like this or oh, that. And then it just doesn't work out. And, uh, you know, my credit's a big deal because I guess credit's important. No one taught me that. Why didn't my parents teach me that? Did you guys have credit back then? No, because when I was growing up and I was your age, there, were no, there was no credit cards. Right. I don't know yeah. what. They probably had credit cards, but they were mostly for business. So how did you buy a house? You just had to, like, if you wanted to buy a house back in, like, give me a, give me a, give me a year. A year? Like, okay. a, a 19... Uh, after the war. Which war? Number two. World War Two. Okay. So after that, but of course you realize at that time... Men were in control of everything. Mm-hmm. Men bought the houses. Men went out and signed everything. So, of course, we had che- we had check we had bank accounts. Yes. And then you would go to a homestead, which in New Orleans it's called a homestead. I don't really know what that means. Well, it means a homestead. They only, they only lend money 
for homes. So it's like a bank that only lending money for a house. That's right. Do they, a, does that shit still, sorry, go, does that still, is no, no, homesteads aren't have, anything they've anymore? Go, they've all gone into banking. Okay. So that was how it was handled. You went, and if you, if you, if you, they agreed that you would be a good person. Basically, so if you were like, uh, charming, you got a house. No. Yeah. Not necessarily. That's you, what it is. If if they thought you were a good, like, yeah, you could just charm your way into like buying a house. Right. No, that's a little bit. No, you have to have. You've got to have a good credit. Well, that's, no, you you didn't. You said they didn't have credit. So what was it? It was proof of income. Yes. So all you had to do was prove that you had income. That's right. You exactly. didn't need to have because credit is some weird ass thing that now my generation is really suffering from. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm afraid it's only going to get worse. Yeah, no shit. It's only going to get worse. It's tough out here. Yes. Tough out here for a credit chick. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's sad because if you can't buy a house and then you can't rent, what do you do? Yeah. So you just move in with your grandma. Like. (laughs) That's what you do. That's what you do. Wink, wink. Right. <laughs> I just yeah. feel like I yelled at dad the other day, my dad, because I I, I, I I blame him for not teaching me about credit. And he said, I don't know. I had bad credit before, long before. No one really taught me credit because I just remember my dad just paying cash for everything, just showing up and buying a car and paying cash or something like that. Mm-hmm. I miss those days. You know what? I wish I could just walk into some place, have some cash and be like, I'm funny and charming and witty and pretty. Yeah. Give me what I want. Yeah. But it doesn't work that way. No, no, it surely doesn't. No. no. Life is a struggle. S-T-R-U-G-G-L-E. That needs to be a song. Yes, it does. Hashtag life's a struggle. I know. Yes, it is. And I don't know. My Our generation is so worried. For my generation? Right. Well, at least you know, like, the world's not going to end during my generation, so shit's not that bad. I mean, imagine if you knew that, like, the next generation, the sun was going to explode. Then you'd really feel bad. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm not even, I don't even go there. That's too, too, too. <laughs> so what are, what are you worried about me for right now? I well, want to know I'm your worries. I'm worried about all the things that's happening in the government. Maybe I can't talk about that. We probably shouldn't talk no, government right no. now. Right. So, but I'm thinking all grandparents are concerned about their, about their grandchildren. Yeah, of course. I thought you were going to start talking about global warming. I didn't realize you wanted to get into a political debate. (laughs) You know? No, I'm not going to get into a... Are we about to discuss Donald Trump or something? (laughs) I don't know. No, we're not going to talk about Donald Trump, Grandma. Can we start it with Trump? Don't cover your, don't cover, just, just, we're just not going to do a government conversation because I don't know what is going to come out of your mouth and I don't know, I don't know anything. So I'm just going to stay away from that. I'd rather focus on the fact that there was no credit, you're fashionable and that's what's up. Okay. That sounds good. (laughs) And you're so cool that you're bi-coastal. Do you know how many people want to be bi-coastal? I don't know. <laughs> you have a house in New Orleans and a house in Los Angeles in right. Hancock Park, Grandma. Yeah. You're kind of like the 1% of the world of like ballers. 
I basically know. you're like an like an indian king or you know like how they're like all of these like kings in india or like these countries that like have a billion princes and it's like really are you really a prince yeah you right. know what i'm talking yes, about i know that's what you are because oh. you are like the one percentile of ballerness yes fantastic my life has been fantastic and i'm very blessed and i hope it continues yeah <laughs> right and i have the most fabulous children and, and even the most fabulous like grandchildren i mean yes obvi right right even Absolutely. though you get embarrassed of some of the things that i do no not that much yes you do it's okay <laughs> you can admit it it's fine right. this is the thing this is what i think is so great about you you have always embraced the different generations and the fact that things change and you realize that it doesn't mean someone's better or worse or some or anything no. like that you realize just times are changing and you just gotta just get on that train and go with it that's absolutely right you can't go hide your your head in the sand no you you've just got, gotta accept, got to accept things it are changing and go with it and right. that is the best advice that you could give anyone that's right and that's advice you've given me right which is why i'm embracing my uh homelessness yes <laughs> <laughs> joke well, joke and hopefully not really but kind of <laughs> still searching still searching still Something's searching gonna come up the right way. the perfect thing is gonna come up right i know it will happen for me yes it will yeah absolutely it's going to i know remember the day that i moved here so grandma I've, just, I've told this on my podcast that the day that I moved here was my 19th birthday, but I don't know if I've like fully discussed that it was that my parents weren't here, I didn't have any friends, I didn't know anyone, I just got a suitcase, moved my stuff here, you met me at the airport, picked me up, someone shipped a car out for me. Okay, I guess that I was lucky for that. Someone shipped yeah. a car out yeah. for me. And uh, you just said, all right, here's how you get to Loyola Marymount. Mm -hmm. And we had to figure out how to get to right. Loyola Marymount. And it was like the blind leading the blind. Because we were like, we don't know where the F we're going. Like, what's going on? Yeah, that's true. We didn't. I had never been in the area before. It's by the airport. You've never been there? Well, I, not where the school is. Oh, okay. I had been to the airport, yes, many times. Mm -hmm. But um, I d was not sh sure where the school was. Mm -hmm. So, and how to get there and what street. Yeah. But I always had the the Roberts map. Yeah, you gave me a big giant map. Yes. And it was like, as soon as I got in the car and I was going someplace I didn't expect, didn't know where I was going, I looked in my map. And that's how we got there. Isn't that so weird that that was only, what, eight years ago? And now we have iPhones and Uber. Right. You even know how to Uber. And you yeah. have an iPhone. Yes. But when I moved here, you gave me a map. Yeah. Right. And said, take well, this was, route. This was my Bible. That's that insane. <laughs> that's insane. Could you imagine looking at a map right now? Yeah. Do you remember when the last time you looked at a map was? No. 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 Absolutely not. No. Mm -hmm. No. Oh, my God. iPhones have changed the world. The world has changed. Well, the world Completely. has changed. Yes. yes. It's getting too far ahead of us. Is it? Yes. How do you feel about cloning? cloning? I don't even... Cloning. Oh. 
I don't even know what I feel I about it. Even, it just like randomly came in my head. No, that that doesn't interest me at all. It doesn't? No. You don't think it's like interesting to even like think about? Like what if someone cloned me and there was like three of me? Oh my goodness. I would love it, but... Would no, you really? No, because or would you I be like totes annoyed? I, I would. I would feel like you weren't real. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Well, I don't really know how cloning works. I'm not really sure if that's. Well, I know they do it with animals, but I don't think they do it with humans. But not... do they have like the same brain and like oh, I don't the know. same personality? Yeah. I don't oh, really know the details. No, I don't either. You know what I just read the other day that I don't know if you've read. What's that? That in um, I think it's 15 years or no eight years. Eight years. You know, they're they're doing a settlement on Mars. Yes. You read about that. Right. And, and how... people are going to go there and, and they peop- can't come back. And they can't come back. It's a one-way trip. And right. I read an article about a, a wife who was chosen. And actually, everyone who's chosen, it's either like, it has been married. Most of them are married. Oh, my God. Could you... Like, so no, a wife can, was chosen no. and husbands have been chosen... To do a one-way mission to Mars and set up a, civiliz- a civilization in Mars. Like, could you imagine being the wife or husband being like, I'm sorry, uh, did you get on this mailing list, like, behind my back? Did you, like, apply for this bu- behind my back and you just didn't... So, what, we have eight wow. years together and then you just never care to see me again? It's been freaking my brain out. Right. Absolutely. And, and the people that have children. Yes. They're still going there to start a civilization. Oh, my God. I think they're a little crazy. Well, yeah, I think that that's a little crazy. I think that it's pe- I think it's people that are so obsessed with like wanting to be a, a part of something mm-hmm. bigger than than anything you could ever imagine. But you know, like what's bigger than what people can imagine? This is going to make me sound cheesy. Is like your heart, right? <laughs> and family, and family, family is and a- love, right? Family is the most important thing in life. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I don't understand this. This does not appeal to me. And it's like I have absolutely no interest. I don't even read about it anymore. Well, so. you know, the more you read about it, the more you keep your brain sharp, Grandma. Yeah. And you have a sharper brain than I do. <laughs> your vocabulary, your vernacular, everything uh-huh. is way better than mine. Oh, my God. Have you been reading about this Ashley Madison stuff? Oh, my heavens. What's wrong with these guys? They have a beautiful wife. They have a wonderful family. And they're not satisfied. They have to go outside of that to get someone else. It's honestly, I mean, listen, cheating has always been something that is around and everyone has been used to since humans were around. But when I heard about AshleyMadison.com like years and years ago because their slogan was like, life's short, have an affair, it made me want to put like a butter knife down my throat. Like, oh my gosh, this is like every woman's worst nightmare. That's so sad. Like, why would anyone start a website that's about that? Yes. But now with hacking, like, I've been hacked. I had my email and my Twitter and my Instagram and everything be hacked and I had hacker do you know what a hacker is grandma yeah I had them all reset my passwords and say I have information now with hacking nothing is private nothing you ever do is private no you can't put it out there but it's just like these people that are going on Ashley Madison this is like my worst fear that I'm gonna get married and that husband is gonna go on AshleyMadison.com and I'm just never gonna know it for years and years and years yeah 
It's so sad. That is. It's very sad. That's what I say when I tell you about what's happening to the future. Yes, because it's it's just so easy to, um, to, I don't like the word cheat. I think there's a better word for it. It's just like there's too much temptation because all you got to do is get on your iPhone Mm. and, and like click something. Right. Whereas back in the day you had to like dial a certain number and then that was a house phone. And if like, you know, the wife picked up, the wife picked up or, you know, even before then when we didn't, they didn't have phones. I mean, it's just life has changed so much that it's like WTF. Am I born in the wrong year? Because I don't even know Mm -hmm. if my soul and my brain and like my personality could handle if my husband was on AshleyMadison.com. Exactly. And I've been cheated on by almost every ex-boyfriend I ever had, Mm -hmm. which you obviously know about. Yeah. So I know. So if you can go through life with one man who never cheats on you, my God, how wonderful that is. Well, you know, women do cheat too. That's true. Yeah. But this would not enter my mind. Well, that's because it wouldn't enter your mind, of course. If a couple can go through a relationship without that happening, that's just like the most beautiful thing ever. Mm -hmm. Are you about to cry right now because you got to experience that? Right. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So. Can I, can I say that, that my grandfather died last year? Yes. So it's been a year now. Mm-hmm. In fact, today, and, today is our anniversary. Today is, I didn't <laughs> know that. Oh my gosh. Happy anniversary. Right. It would have been 72 years. 72 today. years. Yes. So. That's crazy. That is. I feel is. like I should force some uh, liquor down your throat <laughs> to celebrate or something. Don't, don't you need think? to. Don't need to have liquor to celebrate. Are you sure? I'm sure. I've learned a long, long time ago that your happiness depends on you, not on anybody else. So each day you get up, this is a good day, and you make yourself happy. That's true. That's why I spray tan. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> So, okay. It makes me happy. Yes. I mean, it was supposed to be a joke. And I know you laughed like silently a little bit at me, but like for real. So like if I like spray tan or I do my makeup or put on some bronzer, I'm like, this is me making myself happy today. Yeah. It makes me feel good. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you do whatever you can for yourself. Yeah. Because you've got to take care of yourself. Only you can do that. I can't believe that this is your anniversary. 72 years. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. So anyway. Well, this feels weird because I I, I wanted to just like go into Bachelor in Paradise, but it feels so wrong right now after we're talking about something so like wonderful and sacred and lovely. And now I want to ask you your opinion (laughs) on Bachelor in Paradise. Somebody just shoot me dead right now. I feel like a terrible person. You shouldn't. Are you okay with talking about Bachelor in Paradise right now? Sure. Okay. So somebody's got to talk about it. Yes. Yeah. Well, she has some things to say. So a couple of days ago, I went to dinner with my, my family and I told my grandmother, I was like, I really want you to do my podcast with me, but I need you to watch this show called Bachelor in Paradise because I -hmm. talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. And so she watched some of it. What do you have to say? What I have to say is that what are they thinking putting all (laughs) these kinds of shows on the air for the young people to look at? And 
the young people look at it and think of it, it is real. And this is the way everybody reacts. And I don't think that's a good thing because really, in order to have a good relationship, it, it has to be something that goes slowly and it builds, not something that you're kind of pushed into and say, oh, you have to hurry up. We've got to do this because if you don't, you're not going to get a rose. Oh, my God. So I think sometimes they should take and stop and think about the shows they're putting on the air. That's well, it. This is the thing, Grandma. My generation loves watching train wrecks. You know, mm-hmm. we love watching shit that's weird. Yeah. You know, I know because we look at it like just that you put it perfectly. Like when I watch it, I'm like, why are all these people crying? You met them two days ago. Like yeah. you're not in love with this person. You don't really yeah. care. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone that's actually watching it like thinks that this is like real. real. But the people that are on it are acting like it is real. Mm-hmm. And that's what's really weird. Yeah, that is weird. But also, I know what it's like to be on a reality show where, you know, yeah. right. th- there's a job you have to do. But like, it's it's strange, but I'm obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you not be obsessed with it? Because it's like, what? These people, like, it's fascinating mm-hmm. that they're all like doing the same thing they're all willing to be so obsessed with each other and cry and yeah. like and hurt each other and date somebody else and then say you're in love with this person and all of that it's yeah. it's just crazy yes it is i think it is very crazy but i guess it's it's the way it's going mm-hmm. and and as long as they have audience it's going to continue to go that way well that's true and the mm-hmm. audience isn't going away grandma no i'm going to make you keep watching it ah Okay. Listen, I know you love Dancing with the Stars. Yes. But maybe we can watch Bachelor. You know, it's almost mm-hmm. over. There's yeah. not that many episodes left. Yeah. I feel like you could hang in there. If I were to like say like, like okay, which one did you watch? Did you watch last night or the Le- night before? The night before. You know, Joe and yeah. Sammy. Yeah. What do you feel about them? I, I don't know. I can't figure out if they are really supposedly getting on a what well last night they separated oh (laughs) oh my goodness i think they both seem evil yeah like they are both i feel like yeah Mm -hmm. that's why i was interested to hear your opinion yeah right okay all right that's my grandmother's take on bachelor in paradise and with that we're gonna go to a break Hey guys, you know, I've talked about harrys.com. I love harrys.com and uh, Patrick uses it because I hate going to the store to buy razors. I hate when you your razor gets dull and then that's annoying because then you get cut all the time, but then you actually just like never remember it when you're at the store. So if you go to harrys.com, it's a subscription subscription-based situation where you just pay a certain amount of money a month and you get razors and uh, blades and shaving cream and all of that delivered directly to your door monthly. You cut out the middleman. You don't have to do anything. You just pay for your subscription and that's it. 
So now I have an even better deal than last time. Harry's is giving new customers an additional $5 off their first monthly subscription order with my coupon code Stasi, And that's S-T-A-S-S-I. Seriously, there are some plans that are literally as low as $3 a month. So that's basically like getting two months of razors free. It's a, seriously, it's a really good situation. But cutting at the middleman, Harry's delivers high quality razor blades for half of the price and shipping is free and the blades go from their German factory straight to your door. It's just a great gift for any, I mean, honestly, any, I was about to say any guy, but any girl too, because we all got to shave our legs and, you know, sometimes we want to run out of razors and we don't know what to do. So I say go to harrys.com. Type in my code Stasi. buy it for yourself, make it a gift for somebody else, start your Harry's monthly subscription and never worry about buying blades again. As a special offer for new customers, get your free razor and save $5 off. Free razor and $5 off your first subscription with my code Stasi at checkout, S-T-A-S-S-I, harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S-I. Dot com Stasi and get your shave on now. Talking pop culture, reality TV, celebrity gossip, relationships, and more. This is Straight Up with Stasi. Oh, Grandma. Yes. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I just enjoyed it so much. I didn't know I would. Really? <laughs> well, hopefully we can make the Guinness World Records. Right. Absolutely. And I just want to thank you for giving me my incredible sense of fashion. Great. Right? Oh, absolutely. I'm so happy to have someone carry, carry on it on. the legacy. That's right. Carry on the legacy of gold, costume jewelry, right. and glamour. And right. Chanel. Right. Absolutely. That's what's up. Okay. Right. And... Uh, now I'm going to have my uncle on. Super okay. excited to talk about this. Right. All right. Okay. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a bowl and branch, but I'm having like a, a sheets situation because since Patrick has his apartment and everything, I gave him our sheets and now I'm in need of sheets for what, you know, I don't know, my car when I'm sleeping in my car. Kidding. That's a joke. But sheets is actually a really big deal. And everyone always talks about like, you know, Egyptian cotton and all of that stuff and your thread count. And oh, like, is it grown in Pakistan and chant wherever it's grown? Like sometimes you end up paying twelve hundred dollars for sheets and they aren't even that great. It's actually bull. OK, bull and branch has made luxury bedding affordable. Seriously, you can't buy them in department stores because in department stores, everything's overcharged, so that's the sitch. You gotta go to bullandbranch.com and order your sheets there. They sent me some, and I can say, so my friend that I've been staying with, I, I gave them to her so that we could try them out, and they are absolutely amazing. So if you go there, you will fall in love with these sheets, and they are so convinced that you will, that they will give you 30 nights to try them out. If you don't love them for any reason, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't love them, but if you don't like them, you can send them back and they will refund you. No hassle, nothing like that. So easy. It gets better. If you order right now, they'll give you $50 off a set of sheets 
plus free shipping. Just go to bowlandbranch.com, B-O-L-L-A-N-D-B-R-A-N-C-H.com and use promo code Stasi. That's right. You get $50 off towards a sheet set by going right now. So seriously, do it. It's so annoying because every time, you know, I buy sheets all the time and I go to like Bed Bath & Beyond and they're expensive and I never know what they're actually going to feel like and I just feel like everything's so marked up and if you go to Bloomingdale's, you're just like buying sheets from Bloomingdale's just because you want to say you bought them from Bloomingdale's. But if you go to Bowl & Branch, they're actually nice sheets that are just from this specific website that have a specific thing that they're doing. So just go try it out. Listen, 30 nights free. And if you don't like them, you can return them. Make it happen. She's never one to hold back on any topic. This is Straight Up with Stassi. Okay, and now I'm switching it over to my uncle, my uncle Roger Schroeder, uh, who just made me laugh because all of a sudden his phone went off. And I'm like, what is that? I thought I told you guys to put your phone on silent. And he's like, oh, that was my my alarm to take out the wine. (laughs) There you go. And and that's what it was. And that's the Schroeder way. That's right. We have alarms to be like, I think the wine is chilled now. That's right. Don't let me forget to take it out. That's right. See, I have all of these relatives with just such amazing stories. Right? Yes. And one of the one things I really want to ask you. Okay. First of all, okay. No one. Okay. My podcast listeners don't know who anybody is. So I will explain. My uncle Roger is a writer in Los Angeles. And yes. uh, he's written uh, for television shows and movies. And he has had a, like, a major cult classic called Boyfriend for Christmas, which is like all uh, they play it. Every it's si- a Christmas perennial it's, now. It's one of those things that like 95% of the U.S. population, like that's now their tradition to watch during Christmas yes. time. Yes. That's really cool. Yes. It's it's become a Christmas perennial. It aired 14 times last Christmas season between yeah. November and December. And it's been how many years? When was it made? 2004. 2004. Yeah. And so in its... 10th year it aired more times than it ever had before yes because it's a cult classic that's the only way i can describe it it's just everybody loves it and that's so cool whenever i turn on the tv like during christmas time or christmas in july because i just saw it yes now they are in july it's christmas in july yeah it's just really cool maybe that's why i got another you know reason i got my love for you know television and la and hollywood it it runs in the schroeder blood it does it does because you Definitely. went, to, you went to USC. Yes, you went to film school, film school, law school, undergrad, all at USC. You just love school. Well, I did. You just love LA and school. And I loved LA and school. My two favorite things. Okay, so before I ask you about that, I really, right. what I really want to ask you about, sure. Studio Fifty Four, yes. because I know you used to go to Studio Fifty Four. Yes. Yes. What was that like? Fantastic. It's one of the highlights of my life. Studio Fifty Four opened in 1977 when I was 21 years old and it was my goal as soon as I turned 21 to go to New York and go to Studio 54 and get in Studio 54. How did you get in? Okay, I went to New York with my girlfriend at the time and another couple, mm-hmm. and we planned it all And out. you were 21. We were all 21. Okay. And we just turned 21, and we made a trip to New York with the idea that we were not leaving Manhattan until we went to Studio yes, 54. Yes, absolutely. And I love this. We all 
bought special clothes. We knew you had to be very fashionable of to get into Studio 54. Mm-hmm. And we all... Holston? Oh, well, I would have loved was, to have worn a Holston jersey oh dress gosh. to Studio 54. Well, my girlfriend actually had one. Really? Yes, she actually had one. Her mother worked in the designer section at a department store, and she was able to get with her discount a Halston dress. That's so cool. <laughs> yes. So we all put on our, you know, Studio 54 Your finest. finest mm-hmm. And we were walking down the block, and we hadn't even gotten to the door. And the doorman at the time, who would stand on a chair so he could survey the crowd, he saw us walking down the block, and he pointed to us and pulled us in and the velvet rope opened and we went right in we did not wait a minute that's incredible. we walked right in despite the fact that there was a crowd a of people line, like uh, yes. to get in wanting to be chosen and do you I, think it was the Halston dress what do you think it was or were you just like a good looking group of I people I think we were a good looking group of people I think you know we just had that confidence and spirit of Mm -hmm. what they were looking for that night at studio 54 and we got right in and i remember that there was several celebrities there that night listen do you do you know do you remember well i do remember that bill murray was there that night that's so cool on the first night i went there and i think on the second night i went there diana ross was there and of course over time i saw steve rubel the owner of studio 54 saw John Kennedy Jr. I saw, of course, Liza Minnelli, Halston, Andy Warhol. Um, oh you my know, the God. regulars. This and, is so cool. And it was just the most wonderful, magical place on earth at that time. It was just, a, you just had a sense of magic when you were in there. And the music was so great. Of course, I really loved disco music. This was sort of at the height of disco music in yeah. 1977 when it was. Everybody loved disco music at that time. This was long before the backlash against it. And it was just a magical experience to go there. That is so cool. So can I ask Grandma? Sorry, see, my grandma's still here right now, but I'm going to ask some weird questions. Okay. Was it just like a ton of cocaine and champagne everywhere? Yes. Like, like, Like all out in the open? Tons of champagne. The cocaine was a little more out of sight. But you knew it was there. But you knew it was going on. But you on. knew it was going on. So basically on. it's like well, now. Well, let me tell you, because this is how open they were about it. They had, as one of their effects at Studio 54, a moon came out of the sky, okay? The so moon, like out of the ceiling. Out of, out of the ceiling came a half moon okay. with a smiling face. And the moon, a little spoon came out and went to the moon's nose. Stop. And the, the moon inhaled the spoon and its nose lit up and it lit up and it's to signify cocaine time signify that the or that that the moon was doing some cocaine that is insane (laughs) that was part of the effects oh my god doing cocaine and the little spoon came out of the sky and went to the to the moon's nose (laughs) that is crazy it was great i wish i could have experienced something like that yes it really was a moment in time it's one of those moments in time that you know it was a it was a it happened once and it'll probably never happen again 
to have an event like that. And it just was the center of the universe as far as nightlife went. I remember, like, that reminds me of uh, when I was at LSU Mm -hmm. and me and my my best friend, Sheena Manina, who you, I think you know. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, our other friend, we decided to take a trip to LA, just us three, a girl's trip. And we were like, we read about Ledoux, this club Ledoux. Uh And that is like the Studio 54 of that time, I guess. Like Around what year was this? It's like 2007. Okay. Two th- yeah, 2007. Okay. Yes, that is Where the exact year. Where was this club? What, what part of town? In Hollywood. In Hollywood? Okay. Yeah. And um, it was right off Hollywood Boulevard. All right. And we were like, we are going to do this and, and we're going to get in. And like, we, we just have to find a way. I mean, this is what we read about, you know, when, when we're yes. like in Baton Rouge, like, you know, on our computers. And I remember... We got dressed up. We went and got like Forever 21, like $20 dresses, but like did our makeup and hair. And there was a giant crowd everywhere. And this is my first experience with Hollywood nightlife. My first experience I ever had. And we walked up, us three girls, and my best friend Sheena Manina is super confident and pretty. Like, but it's mm-hmm. one most attractive in our senior class, but like, she just knows how to make things happen. She's one of those people that like, just makes it happen. And she yes. walks up and I just like walk right behind her and she says something to the door guy and then he just lets us in. And it was like, what? I'm 17, I think, or I'm 18. <laughs> I don't even know how, like, I, I, yes. oh my God, I can't believe that this is happening. And we went into Ledoux and it was just us three girls and Britney Spears was there right. and Lindsay Lohan and Nicole Richie and all the people. And it was like the most magical moment like that that's the way that i'm thinking that's about exactly. studio 54 it was a similar experience it's like the heavens have opened yes <laughs> and like, granted you admittance <laughs> yes it's crazy yes it is and it's such a feeling yeah and you know what sucks is that there's nothing like that anymore in la and i don't no. even feel like there's anything like that in new york either not really not that i've experienced recently in new york no and i don't even think it's just an age thing because um like, I feel like I would know. I'm still young right. enough to know. You would know. If anybody would I'm know still if young anything enough. like that was going on in L.A., yeah. you would know. No, like, clubs are just kind of, it's not as as fun as it used to be. It's it's just, like, it's just packed, and it's it's just a lot of just sweaty people that, like, don't, you can't hear each other, and it's just, right. like, there's no, I don't know. It's just, it's lost its charm. So LA's a little different now, and I felt like that about New York. Like, not to sound like a brat, but I just love going to New York because, you know, my friends who live there, they, like, get to go to Soho House. They have memberships, so I can just go right. with them and then, you know, go to lounges. Right. And I feel like lounges are now the thing. Oh, yes. And even in New York. Yeah. Because I know lounges are the thing in L.A., but I, I guess even in New York now, lounges, are, that's the main attraction. Yeah. Like, I, could, I can't even begin to tell you the last time I went to a club. Oh, well, that's too bad, because I used to love the club experience. I loved it, too. I did it for years. My first, like, few years in L.A., I think, like, before I turned 21 was when I was most obsessed with going to clubs. And then, like, once I turned 21, it actually, it just, like, it went down. (laughs) Well, it just, like, just started to go downhill, and and people didn't really feel like going anymore, and then it just became cheesy, you know? Right. But you got to go to Studio 54. Right. And actually, you know, we'll save this for another podcast, but, you know, in the 70s in Los Angeles, there was a lot of 
really high clubs in Beverly Hills and all over town. Really? And I used to go to all of them. So the, and of you were a club all, rat. I was a, I, well, I'm going to yeah. call you, I'm going to call you Roger the rat as in <laughs> Roger the club rat. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. New nickname for you. <laughs> I think you should keep the club part in. I will. I, I won't wanna, say I Roger the Rat. Yeah, I know. That doesn't good. sound right. That doesn't yeah. sound good. <laughs> Roger the Club Rat. Just like, right. yeah. It makes it a little better. I get it. <laughs> All right. But you're the Studio 54 king. Yes. And I know. I, and actually, oh, another thing, just as a little Studio 54 aside, another thing they had at Studio 54 is that different, at different points during the evening, they would release stars from the ceiling. Now, these stars were like little Would have packages sponges. of cocaine in them. No, they were oh. little... <laughs> blue and various colors sponges like little sponges okay. in the shape of stars that they would just release from the ceiling and fall all over the dancers and i kept two of the sponges that fell the first night i was there and i still have them really yes i still have sell that shit on ebay what are you waiting for oh, i want to i want to keep it that Why? has more meaning to me than i'll sell ever get one. on ebay sell for one. that you don't need two just sell one of them all right, maybe I'll look in. Just it. look and see how much you can get for one. For you know one. what? At least you save two. I save two. Okay, you're right. Maybe I should sell one. Fine. You know what? You sell one and you get buried with the other one. I mean, you know? What else are we going to hope for them? I just want to enjoy them for the rest of the time I'm around. I know, okay. but you really only need to enjoy I only, one. I only need to enjoy one. Okay. I'm going to force you into looking uh, to see okay. how much you can get for this. All right, this. well, if the price is good enough, well, we'll look into we'll it. We'll eBay this shit. All right, okay. <laughs> so my uncle, like I said, is a writer. And yes. he's been very successful. And he worked on Days of Our Lives. He's an yes. Emmy. Yes, the Emmy's right here yes. in the room with us. I've taken a photo <laughs> with the Emmy. Yeah. And people don't realize like the life of a, a writer in Hollywood. It, it's so up and down, just like any actually. Right. An actor, a director, a producer. Yes. Everybody, like every everybody, always thinks that like, oh, it's Hollywood. If you have a film made, or if you have an award, or if you've done something, then your life is set. And that is so no, not, not the true. case. It's not true. It's always a new day. Every day is a new day. And whatever happened yesterday is forgotten. Yes. And it's all about what do you have to offer us today. Yes. So yes. just because you, it's like just because you have an Emmy right. doesn't mean you're guaranteed a job tomorrow. No. No. It's insane. It's a, it's a roller coaster ride and it's ups and downs all the time. And even if you have some successes, like I said, your successes are maybe recognized. But again, it's like, well, okay, that was great. But what do you have for us today? Exactly. Exactly. It's always what more can you do? Exactly. Nothing you do is ever good enough. Right. It's always now on to the next thing. And it's so cool to like hear because you tell me about how like because you're always going to meetings and you're going on like the Paramount lot or you're going on and you used to work on the Universal Studios lot. Yes. I I was lucky enough to work on the Universal Studios lot for a year, which I loved because as I was saying before, when I was a kid and we used to come out to Los Angeles for the summer, you know, you would think as a kid, the, the favorite place you wanted to go in LA was Disneyland. Yeah. But not me. I wanted to go on the Universal St- Tour. Yeah, the I Universal Tour. I couldn't wait Studios to get Tour. there and go on that tram and yeah. go see those sound stages and see that back lot. And that was my favorite day of the year. It was better than Christmas or Disneyland or anything. It was the yeah. day we went to Universal. So when I got the job working on the Universal lot, which incidentally I worked in the Ross Hunter building, which is the what great. What does that mean? He was a great producer at Universal that produced some of their biggest hits of all times. 
and I was a big fan of his work. And of course, I was working in the Ross Hunter building. And one day I was in a meeting and I happened to mention how when I was a kid, my favorite day of the year was going to the Universal yeah. Tour. And somebody in the meeting said, well, how lucky are you now? We pay you to come here every day. That's so crazy. That makes me want to cry. And, well, it made my day because I thought about it and I thought, how many people are as lucky as me that yeah. I get to come work here every day? This was my favorite place as a kid and I work here every day. That's so cool. And whenever I, and, you know, during lunchtime sometimes or just wanted to think or clear my head, I would go walk around the Universal lot and I thought, what a great place. How lucky walk, are you? walking around the Universal lot. Yes. You know, thinking. You live in Hollywood. You live in Hancock Park. You yes. work on the Universal lot. Yeah. That's your life. Honestly. Like, That's pretty good. <laughs> really? That's pretty good. I thought grandma was in the one percentile. <laughs> you might have beat grandma with a one percentile situation. <laughs> But I've always felt a, a kinship to you, like a, a very strong bond to you, because we've shared that love of uh, movies right. and Hollywood and yes. musical theater yes. and all of that. And so I like listen. I I loved always listening to like these types of stories. Because right. well, I do you, do you I, remember. I'm just going to throw in this quick little story. But do you remember that when I think it was your first time coming out here by yourself or something when you were 16 and you came out for around your 16th birthday. And I knew you loved musical theater, and I got us tickets to go see Hairspray. Yes, at the Pantages. And we were yes, we were third flo- third row. No, first row. First row. We were first row. I don't know why Santa I thought it was, Island. but I remember that. And yes, we, and and it was like I was so happy that I was able to to take you to go see Hairspray that time. I remember that. That, that was, was so great, much fun. That was a great day. That's yeah. the only time I've been to the Pantages too. I know, and and again, that's such a beautiful old Hollywood theater where they mm-hmm. held the Academy Awards for many years. I didn't even know that. Yes. Yeah. Yes, very That's historical That's so cool. Theater. Yes. Oh gosh, I love musical theater. Me too. I haven't I, I haven't seen a, a like I feel like there hasn't been like anything new that's been like that I've heard of that's like have you? Like any well, new I, shows that I just was in New York. I I go up to New York at least once a year to see all the new yeah. shows. And I was just there in May and you know, right at this moment, no show, I'm sure I'm forgetting some memorable show but nothing's coming to mind as like a show that i just saw that i think oh my gosh that was the show well even when i because when i lived with patrick for six months in new york i didn't feel that way like mm-hmm. there was nothing that i i felt like so it's like what's happening to musical theater what's happening to the movies and what's right. happening to the clubs in la right. and right. new york right what the heck is going on I know. well again it's like the only constant in life is change things change mm-hmm. all the time do you think social media is ruining everything it's changing everything for yeah. good and better. For I mean, for whatever that expression is, for better and worse. Yeah. Yes, it's changing it. You know, there's good and bad, pros and cons. But um, yeah, it is changing everything. It's yeah. changing the way people live their lives. But I love that I'm able to shine light on the fact that, like, again, like, like we're talking about, like, working in Hollywood, that it, it's not just because you have a film made or you have something made, that it's still always a struggle. And it's it's it literally, if you want to work in Hollywood, your life will be hustling. Yes. Yes. Every day, all day. Yes. And you will have your ups and your downs. Tons of downs. Yes. And you will have downs. Yes. M- a million you- downs. A million downs. Yes. yes. Well, I always say, you know, because I've been around working in Hollywood for a long time and lots of people ask me, come up to me, call me, contact me and say like, what's your secret? How did you make it? Isn't that crazy you know, when people are you, like, yeah, wh- what do you think 
is the way to do it or how, what's the secret? And I always say it's a combination of three things. Well, this and, isn't, I've never heard you say uh, okay. this. I'm excited. Okay. So let's build up to this. Okay. okay. A combination of, of three, three things, things to work in Hollywood. To work, to, to work well in Hollywood. Well, to make it to some degree, to last. To last to in Hollywood. To make it, to make, be able to make your, a working career. Okay. okay. And here's the three things. And is number one, it's one-third talent. Of course, you have to have some talent in right. your chosen field. The other second thing is persistence. Right. You have, because you're going to take a million no's. All the time. No's. You're going to hear, I mean, yes, no's all the time. You constantly hear no's. You are going to hear 99% no's. Right. 99.8% no's. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you have to be able to get through all those no's. Yes. And keep standing. And the third thing you really need, which is a key factor, is it's one third luck. Yeah. Sometime or other, it just become it comes down to being the right place at the right time, meeting, meeting the, the right, right person, person at the right time, right? Yeah. Hearing about the right situation at the right time. Yeah. So it's a combination of those three factors, and all that guarantees you is that you'll be able to survive. You'll yes. keep going. Yes. In in a career, yeah. But it's it's always a roller coaster, always up and down. I love that. Oh, good. I yeah. love that we just got to end on that like major advice, like yes. those three things, like that. Yes, that's, that's wonderful. The, that's the advice I give. Uh, so many aspiring writers have asked me that, and, and some actors too. And I've, that's the advice I always give. Well, I have so many people emailing me about like, well, how do you do this? Like with your blog, and then like right. you're on a show where you do this, like da da da, and ask for advice. And right. now I'm gonna just copy and paste well, what you just said. Feel free, <laughs> feel free, pass it on down because it's down the Schroeder line. <laughs> I didn't really know because I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I've just been very lucky. Well, see, you have had some good luck, but again, you've been persistent and you have talent. So you have the three parts of the equation. My, my talent being that I'm dramatic. Well, yes. And among your many talents, you know, you have many talents. Well, thank you. <laughs> that welcome. makes me feel better. You're welcome. Of course. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. Well, thank you. I had such a good time. And I'm, anytime you want me to come back, I, we can talk about history of discos in the 70s yeah i'm gonna get you wasted and we're gonna talk about the real shit (laughs) all right anytime i want to i want to hear about it all all right all right thank you for having me it was fun thank you all right you guys thank you for listening thanks for listening to my grandma and my uncle roger and i will see you next week my little khaleesi's all right bye And don't think I haven't forgotten about this whole Mac Weldon contest, you guys. I've been getting a lot of tweets and a lot of Instagrams. And I'm going to wait till next week to pick my winner, I think, right now. Um, Just in case you didn't hear last week's podcast, Mac Weldon, the best underwear company around because their underwear is so chic. And if... I was going on a first date or had a one night stand and, you know, the guy was wearing something that looked kind of homelessy. I don't know if I'd be on board. I'd probably run screaming. So this contest right now we're doing is that I want all of the girlfriends around here to tweet me and Mac Weldon reasons why your man needs a new package of underwear. And I'm just really enjoying some of these tweets. Seriously, like... I feel like I should read some of them right now. Let's see. Christiana says, refusing to pose for naughty pics, even though it could score him some sick Mac Weldon gear. Got some photos of this dude right here. 
Oh, that's funny. Um, from Jennifer Marie, my hub cares about his outside appearance a lot. He's more girlier than me, but his inside, uh. And then I also got a photo of um, this girl, Erica. Yeah, I think your boyfriend needs some help in the underwear department. So you guys keep tweeting me. Don't forget to include Mac Weldon at Mac Weldon at Stassi Schroeder. And you guys can win a big box of stuff for your boyfriends. All righty. 